Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tom Lubrick, and with me, as always, I have the dynamic, slim, trim, <laughs> would like you to sacrifice your virgin, Mr. Sean Quigley. I thought you were going to say Quim. <laughs> Why would I say Quim? Would like you to sacrifice your Quim. That would have rhymed. It would have, <laughs> if I knew what Quim was. Oh, Quim. Oh, no. Quim is a Shakespearean term for the... Uh, <laughs> For the hoo-ha? Oh, yeah. Oh, well then. I, see, I did not know. It. Thank you. Loki Loki calls... Um, Mule and uh, Quim. Quim. That's Avengers. right. You yes. Mule and Quim. You see, I mean, that's the, the that's the Disney version of calling someone a cunt. Right. Yeah. You see, people, <laughs> this is why... This is why he's the man. He's just like showing off for this Oscar special episode that we are doing. He's yep. showing off his Shakespearean knowledge. Um, so we usually watch 20 minutes of a show in the middle 20 minutes and try to figure out what's going on here. And we review drinks. Today we are on location in the city. And hence you'll hear noise in the background. And today we figured to, the special will be, we're covering the Oscars since they were last night. Yeah. And it's the first time the Oscars were without a host in 30 years, I believe. Yes. Right? Yeah, it happened before for some strange reason. Well, 30 years, 1969, which means some, maybe somebody was protesting the Vietnam War or something. do Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, we pulled an audible, and we're going to do the Oscars. We're going to cover the Oscars. Mm. Our beer that we're drinking today is La Chouffe, which is a Belgian strong blonde ale, which is just a gorgeous color. It's a really nice beer. Uh, well, mm. cheers, my friend. You know, let's have a taste here. Tasty taste. And, uh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Very light. You wouldn't think it was 8%. No, not at all. That's nice. That's this a is, nice beer. This is a great beer to give someone who someone who likes uh, Blue Moon or something like that, but hasn't tried anything more adventurous or whatever. This yes. is a great like entry beer into a more... It is. I'm wondering, though, if like our tastes have been deadened to like just shit beer and watered-down beer. <laughs> and so be. we think this is like just a gentle... And someone <laughs> would try and be like, oh, what my the God. fuck? Right, exactly. Maybe. You know? Probably. Probably, because I mean, if I think about now, if I drink like a a Bud Light, then that's yes. like awful. I, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I tried that last summer, and it was just terrible. Yeah. But not nearly as bad as the Coors Light, and I know I harp on it, but God, that was just. I think Miller is the last one I had. I had a Miller <sighs> somewhere because it was the only thing they had. Oh. Yeah, that's what I stick yeah. to water. Yeah. Give my liver a chance to recover. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so we're going to talk about the Oscars. And 
You missed the opening, didn't you? I missed the opening 10 minutes. We, I picked up my wife and my baby okay. from my mother-in-law's house. Okay. And I was like, we're going to get going, we're going to get going, we're going to miss the Oscars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we missed the first 10 minutes of the Oscars. Okay. I was most looking forward to the beginning because I love Queen. Queen my favourite. I wanted to see Queen. So I missed that. On the album, this is this is a question. Since you're you're an audiophile and you enjoy music very much, uh-huh. in particular since you're British and all that, on the album I have like the Queen's Greatest Hits album, yeah, and then I have the black one, which is Greatest Hits Two. No, it's called something else. Oh, I don't think it's called Greatest Hits Two. Well, anyway, but yeah. on the album, you know, they have the little jacket, yeah, with 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 all the stuff, and they were basically saying that. Queen was second in popularity only to the Beatles. Is that true in the UK? Because uh, they, they were saying, like, basically, like, Queen was, yeah. until Live Aid, the majority of, the, unless you were, like, a serious, like, music head, yeah, most yeah. people, like, Queen just kind of went by the... <clears throat> um, Queen was big in the UK. It was way bigger in the UK than it was in America. Right. Certainly. Uh, but second only to the Beatles? I mean, Led Zeppelin... Rolling Stones, The Who, I mean... Certainly more popular than some of those. Yeah, you think? So, yeah, definitely more popular than Led Zeppelin and The Who. And probably Rolling Stones. It's to cross appeal is the difference, because everybody loves Queen. Yeah. People don't even really like rock music that much like Queen. Well, that's true, because Queen, Queen almost can't be pigeonholed yeah. into just rock music. No, because you need to be... A, and it's so British. A lot of the songs that were hits in the UK that weren't big over here yeah. were the funnier, jokier, more silly songs. Right. Like uh, Flash or like Bicycle Race or Bicycle. Fatbot Girls. Stuff that Love that Bible people Girls. don't stop me now. Like They were yeah. pop songs, basically. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, Led Zepp was an hard. exception to Stairway to Heaven. Like, you you need to be a rock fan to be into Led Zepp. Yeah. Rolling Stones was, again, was kind of a specific crowd. Uh, they were more bluesy. Yeah. And um, I think Rolling Stones actually probably had a much bigger following in the US than UK because of the blues thing. Probably. Oh, so does Zeppelin. Zeppelin, if yeah. you ask me, in the US, I would say Zeppelin was more popular than than uh, Rolling Stones. I could be wrong, but I mean, usually when you talk to people who are like into rock, yeah. like they're always like, Zeppelin, you know, Stones, they're like, eh. And the Who as well. The Who, are, again, big over here and the rest of the world, Europe, I think. But I think the Who... Talk about like the, the early Who, like my generation and stuff. That right. was big in the UK. Sure. As they got towards the more like proggy stuff, the more like quadrophenia, like concept album stuff. Right. I think they probably got a little more niche. They weren't very poppy, you know. Their songs were kind of all very long. They were all. You talk about Queen being absolutely being good things. It was a six-minute song. But right, right, right. Once the Who started to do that. More progress stuff. Every song is like over seven minutes. Right, they're all going forever. Which you're basically one step away from being the Grateful Dead and just annoying. Yeah. yeah. And in order to follow, you got to be stoned. Yeah. So you can miss half of the time doing it. And yeah. Anyway. So, so I can believe that. I I really can. I think uh, certainly now. Right. Certainly now. Well, yeah. I mean, ever since you asked me, ever since Wayne's World. Yeah. Like for me, the big one for what? Well. I, I lived in Europe until I was 13 years old, right, in former Yugoslavia, and Queen was huge right about that time, with the Radio Gaga, it was like right right before Live Aid, actually, the Radio Gaga album came out, and that was big, Yeah. Um, I Want It All, 
that was a big hit. Um, was Stone Cold crazy? That was kind of like... What Queen is interesting, but I was saying to my wife about this, because we were talking about it when we watched the Bohemian Rhapsody film. Yeah. What's very interesting about Queen is they never had a, a great album. Really. Right, right. They never right. had a great album. No, no, no. They have. Although I, I, I beg to differ on that because I think the uh, soundtrack to Highlander was a great album. Oh, okay. Okay, but that's not credited as their album, technically. But no, right, it's a soundtrack, it's considered. But, but uh, I, I, no, I shouldn't even say that because the album is actually called A Little Bit of Magic. Oh, or a Kind a of Magic. A, a Little Kind, kind of, of, kind of, of magic. magic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, yeah, because they, they were hit makers. I mean, they have great songs. Yes, yes. But it was like every album had three light songs one great one yeah. two good ones that's yeah. usually how and they, they're kind of on their own in that case you look at every album of Queen and there is a great hit yeah but, but that, you can't really listen to the beginning to the end of an album and rock go, out the this whole is way. a great album and, and one of the reasons is they all wrote the songs they took turns right so they had very disjointed albums yeah so it was all over the place so like and they say in the film a great example of that is like the B-side to Bohemian Rhapsody is I'm in love with my car, right? Which is a terrible song compared to what Queen usually do. It was a bog standard, like maybe top ten hit for like a rock band in the seventies, right. and it would have been number seven, like maybe. <laughs> right, right, right. But for Queen and the backside, you know, yeah, there were a lot of those numbers. Like the, the, the albums are sketchy. Legitimately, the best Queen albums are the greatest hits albums. But you know what? If you think about it, like everyone goes back. And talks about the, the the Beatles albums and the Stones albums or whatever. That was basically par for course for most of the music, you, yeah. unless you were a really huge fan. There was never an album where every song would just like capture your imagination. Yeah, and I mean, because even Zeppelin, yeah. you know, like you said, unless you were hardcore into Zeppelin, you didn't. There would be an album. There would be a song that you would skip. Like, oh, this is boring. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is whatever. You know. Um, the one that came closest, I thought, and they, in my opinion, I, they almost did it, was Appetite for Destruction. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I thought every song on that album was just like rock out, listenable song on that album, except for Rocket Queen, which I thought was terrible. You know, with him moaning and supposedly they put in <laughs> the music of him humping the drummer's girlfriend. And I'm just like, it's like, this is like just lame Because... Uh, they, because that was the whole thing, like, you know, when you're a kid, you didn't buy albums, you bought the singles. Yeah. Because the album, like you said, would have, like, three great songs and then eight terrible songs or eight eh songs. And so you're just like, oh, I just bought this album for three songs. Yeah. And it was like, especially in the 80s, that was a huge thing with a lot of the bands. They would have these massive, I mean, like, the second British Invasion. They'd have these massive hits and people would run out and get it and then it was just like, eh. In fact, if I think back on it, Duran Duran, like one of their early albums, was also close. Where like the whole album was actually like eight hits or something like that. You know, it was like Michael Jackson's Thriller, kind of like. Not like that, but in that vein where it was just like they had eight number one hits coming off the album. But then three or four were kind of like, eh, because the standard used to be like you had 11, 12 songs on an album. Yeah. And so then they... You know, they would have the EPs sometimes these guys would release with like just six songs and it was like and then it started getting into like, oh let's do the remixes and you know, if there were poppy songs and it was like, alright, this is just why do I basically bought a single and I paid an album price because there's twelve remixes on the fucking thing. You know, it's like why why did I buy this? Yeah. But anyway, so that's 
they opened with Queen and with Adam Lambert. Lambert. I almost said Levine. That would have been horrible. That would have been terrible. And I thought they were rocking out. The 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 whole like Dolby Theater was on its feet when they were doing it. And I thought they were fantastic. And his singing just left me kind of like, eh. It was almost like listen to the hits, but you know when they like yeah, yeah. have just some left band remake it and there put it on a, for karaoke. It was almost like element, a karaoke sing along. Yeah, there's an element of karaoke with Adam Lambert. He's obviously a huge fan. Yes. And there, I personally, I was a bit young to appreciate it, so I never liked it when they first stepped out with a, a regular singer, Paul Rogers uh-huh. from Free. They had him. Queen and Paul Rogers sold for like two or three years yeah. and I did because I listened to Paul Rogers I'm like that doesn't sound anything like Freddie Mercury right. but I can see what they're doing they're like well, he's a contemporary like he's a legitimate front man right. other big bands Right. he's not going to look at Queen as like fanboy right. he's going to be like oh I respect that band I love their songs I'm going to cover their songs I'm a grown up singer like I'm at their age I'll step in and I'll sing with the band Right. and it's there's a, there's a soul there that misses when you just get a younger person who basically is a massive fan right because it does basically become like a trivia act yeah yeah, yeah 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 and even when you get down to the fact that John Deacon the bassist you know, has nothing to do with Queen now right anymore point. right because he wasn't even there oh yeah he hasn't been involved um, he hasn't been involved at all since uh, Freddie died he died when he did the, the benefit after he died they did the AIDS concert right um, he did that and that was the last time he ever performed with Queen or live at all in front of anyone right he, apparently he's involved on the business side of things as in he gets money and sure. he's like he's on the phone and he makes sure he gets money for stuff he's owed but they haven't even seen him uh, like in person for years and years and years apparently wow he just has no interest he said in his mind he was the most affected when Freddie died he said uh, second Freddie died he said in his eyes Queen was dead and it was there was no point in continuing and it was disrespectful of Freddie to try because he was he was queen unique yeah and without him yeah yeah, it was, yeah he wasn't interested in continuing so you give it to him he didn't even turn up to the rock hall of fame they inducted rock hall of fame really he didn't even turn up he didn't turn up to that really it's not nothing he wanted no part of it no part of it you know they played the queen's jubilee gold jubilee and they played on the roof of buckingham palace jesus and he not nah, turn up to that Nah, not interested. Wow. <laughs> but he's worth, you look him up, he's worth about $100 million. Sure, he doesn't care. Just by sitting at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 he doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I, I get it. It's like, um, I guess somebody was interviewing the Beastie Boys after MCA passed away, you know. Yeah. And they're like, would you guys ever, they're like, no, we're not, no. Yeah. It's like, Beastie Boys was <laughs> the three of us. Getting somebody else in there, you know, maybe that's a different band. Yeah. That's not the Beastie Boys anymore, and I, I, and I get it. I get it. You know, um, a lot of times when they have these ensemble bands that you can kind of interchange, you know, uh, a bass player or a piano player, or you know, I guess that I guess the most successful band that I actually was able to pull that off would be Van Halen, right? When they switched to Hagar, Sammy Hagar. Yeah, I guess because they had some they had some success for a couple of albums. Fleetwood Mac did it quite a bit. Did they? Fleetwood Mac was kicking people around. Who they? Who they? They didn't replace. They just went on without a member, didn't they? Because what's her face was singing instead of Stevie Nicks. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. They didn't. They didn't find like Cher to 
no. you sing with them or something, right? <laughs> no, no, you're right, you're right. Because um, I'm trying to, because, you know, who else? Yeah, not in that regard. I mean, ACDC, you could make the argument. That's true, but... And in fact, but that was also, but that was also the original singer died, and they re-auditioned. Yeah, and the dude they, was they like had, a freaking carbon copy. They had bigger success with Brian Johnson than they ever did with Bon, what was it, Bon Smith? Yes. And now they got Axl Rose. Well, what's Axl Rose doing? Is he trying another Guns N' Roses? Axl Rose is the lead singer of ACDC now. Oh, oh, that's He's right. The permanent lead singer of ACDC. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Why he looks so terrible? I know. Well, <laughs> this looks awful. <laughs> but I mean, they even tried to. My uh, 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 a buddy of mine, his friend, one well, I know the guy too. Uh, in excess, after what's his face died. Oh, Brian uh, Hutchinson. Michael Hutchins. Michael Hutchins. Yeah. They were doing auditions downtown. Oh wow. And uh, my friend went. He played the guitar for his. Of, in his band, his lead singer, and he yeah. went an audition. But you know, that was like a band going like, okay, you know, we want to keep playing and let's... But at the same time, what? It did it. Uh, Creed did it. And they changed their name then to Alter Bridge. Creed, kids at Scott Stapp, they got another guy in. I mean, no good, for a while there in the, in the mid-aughts, it was a lot of the big grunge bands would like combine into something. Like, what was it, Velvet Revolver? And it yeah. was Duff and and, and uh, Slash, yeah. and what's his face from Stone Temple Pilots, Scott Wayland. Scott Wayland, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... What's going on here is we're talking about music we instead, are, of, really instead of the Oscars. Today. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the Oscars' fault because they started with with, uh, with Queen with yeah. music, and like I said, I actually thought it was good. The music was really good. The crowd was definitely into it. And like I said, Adam Lambert, I was like, eh. did they just do We'll Rock You and We're the Champions? Is that what they did? I think so. I think they put in, I want to say they did one more. I want to say they did a oh. third one. Okay. But it might have been just the two. Um, and then Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph came out. And I thought they were great, actually, as an intro. Yeah. And I have to say, I was, I haven't watched the Oscars. I saw the fiasco on the Oscars two years ago when they switched between. Um, Moonlight and oh yeah, and La La Land and La La Land when, when they switched yeah. the uh, Oscar uh, 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 yeah. announcements, much to Warren Beatty's chagrin and anger. Yeah, poor guy, can't <laughs> blame him for being pissed off. But um, I thought they started, and, and I was actually engaged, and I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. And then they kind of went on and they did, I think it was the Best Supporting Actress went up first and Regina King won, yep. which I thought was great because she's a character actress that's been around for so long and I thought it was well-deserved because I think she, she does lovely work. You know, there's always actors that that you find that's like, you know what, everything I see them in, I really, even if the movie's shit, yeah. their work in particular is fantastic. She's one of them. I never saw that film, but I've, from the clips I've seen, I, I get it. <coughs> I've not seen. Hey, Bill uh, Shield could talk. From what I've seen, I've not seen a huge amount of films. What I saw, uh, the favorite was my favorite of the year. From what I saw, and uh, Rachel Weisz was really good. She won the BAFTA, Best Supporting Actress. And in my money, I would give it to Rachel Weisz because again, I, I I really like Rachel Weisz. Oh, she oh she's work. fabulous. She's young. She's gonna keep going on, but well, she's, I, I'm sure she's, she's great really in her role. She was a great film yeah. for her. Uh, 
she and she's a, well, she's another actress like Regina. Well, that's the thing. I mean, let's see who's in the category for the actresses. Uh, Regina King, Amy Adams, Marina de Tavi, Marina de Tavira from Roma, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Honestly, where do you? How do you pick? To me, because they're all fantastic. You know, Amy Adams has proven herself over and over again. Well, Amy Adams is very good, but this was not her best. Well, no, but I mean, you're right. But I, but that's, I guess that's the problem with the Oscars, right? Because what was it? Yeah. Was last year with the Lady Bird? Yeah. Was nominated. Yeah, and and what's her face won? Um, uh, crap! Why can't I think of her name now? But you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. from Roseanne. Yeah, she won. She's a magnificent actress. Everything I've seen her in, she's been fantastic. And I saw the movie, and there was so much hype about the movie that I thought it was a nice story. It was yeah. a nice coming-of-age story, but I didn't see how it was Oscar caliber at all. And I think we've talked about this. Yeah. Sa- same thing with uh, Shape of Water. Shape of Water was a fantastic film. I thought the cinematography was just brilliant. Yeah. But, you know, Best Director and... Did we see that together? Yes, we did. Oh, we did, oh, yeah, yeah. Best Director and Best Movie, yeah. I was kind of like... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, because I guess part of it is like you you expecting sweeping epics or something just like so heart wrenching. You know, your Schindler's List, your uh, Empire of the Sun, like movies like that, that that you're expecting like that kind of caliber that everyone's just in awe yeah. and just falling apart from it. That's what you're expecting from the movie. And at the same time, I appreciate that the Academy is not just doing that anymore because then who's going to win? Only the ones with that, that the money's thrown at. You're never going to get like a fantastic story yeah. that's been told by an indie filmmaker or whatever. I, th- I was reading about that. I think they said it was only nine times, I think only nine times in the history of the Oscars, the best film Oscar has gone to a picture that didn't have the highest budget. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Only nine times out of all the other times. It yeah. usually always gets the biggest budget. And this year was one of them. That was like ten. Yeah, she was not the biggest budget. No, obviously not. I mean, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, I would think, would of of the well, of, Black Panther. Well, but Black yeah. Panther probably. Yeah, you're right. Black Panther probably had the bigger budget. You're absolutely yeah. right. But um, yeah, so all of those actresses, I like I said, I didn't see a lot of the movies, or most of the movies, I should say. But it was part of it just to see, like, okay, what's going on? They don't have a host. What's happening? So I thought the opening was great. They went out to the various categories. They've got very strict now with the uh, timing. The timing, like this time, which is great because it's been awkward in the past where they've played the music and then like people have tried to fight the music and then they put the music down a bit and then like turn it up talking, again. Then they turn it up again and it's a little awkward. This whoever was on the like the board this year, no mess. They were like music starts. They were like, we're going to play music for 10 seconds, and then after 10 seconds of music, your mic is off, and then three seconds after your mic is off, the lights we're are off. the lights off. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it. You know what? But they probably had to do that because they yeah. were going to, like, take the uh, other categories off, yeah. which I think, I, I believe included, like, editor. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. Do people have any idea what the editor does? Yeah, everything. <laughs> like, every, literally everything. Yeah. And I mean, a friend of mine, I was actually trying to get him to come to do the episode with us. He, he couldn't schedule-wise, because he's, he's a director, huge cinephile, the whole nine yards. And he was the one that said that he's seen, like... Because he has friends that, that have gone on to L.A. and found the commercial success and all that. And he's seen films unedited yeah. of people's performances that they've like won awards for. Yeah. And he said you would see the broad cut and they were shit. Yeah. 
is that they were literally shit. They were like, the editor would just take the sentence, focus on the other actor, you know, on the one shot or whatever, yeah. while this person's like, audio's coming through, and then come back, and, and he said, like, you was just like, what? This is terrible, you know, and, and then likewise also, if the editor's kind of just, whatever, doesn't like you, or is just doing a shit job, you can put in a fantastic performance, yeah. And I mean, and that's one of those where you always hear after the movie that the actors pissed off at the director, blah blah. It was the famous one with uh, Adrian Brody, where he yeah. was the lead in the film, and then the director didn't tell him; he just about cut him out of the movie. Yeah, he signed on as the lead, and he said he showed up to like an awards ceremony, and the reporter's like, "You're in this movie? Who, who are you in this movie?" And he was like, "What?" <laughs> He's completely like. I was the lead in this. What do you, I'm the lead, and they're like, "No, no, you're not." It's whoever else was like, and he was like, literally like dumbfounded on, on the on, on the premiere. <laughs> so you know, the fact that they're going to do editors off during commercial to me, it's like, what? what? So make it. How about instead of an hour of fucking assholes walking in and showing off their dresses, because it's not about who's best dressed. Yeah. How about it's like let's <laughs> let's see the rest of it if this is what you're doing. Yeah. Or better yet, you know, because they have the uh, the science and tech awards that they give. I guess they did that to kind of pare down on the Oscars. And my guess is that's for CGI and whatever else and audio and whatever new achievements they have and Axios, Dolby and whatever else. Yeah. I, I actually, somebody brought that up, uh, a friend who, uh, uh, he's a stunt trainer and basically said, like, why, why don't, why isn't there an Oscar for stunts and, and stunt work? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, yeah, why isn't there? Because honestly, I don't see that being for the camera. I don't see that being any different than makeup or costuming yeah. or set design. Because, you know, it is the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And to pull off those stunts, there's a lot of science involved. Otherwise, everybody would die yeah. in every, every action film ever. <clears throat> Literally. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you just give, like, you know, 10 do you know, Fast and Furious would be, like, 30 funerals after every fucking shoot. I bet a lot of people think that it would take the shine away from certain stars if suddenly you were giving Oscars to the stunt performers. Well, you don't necessarily have to do the stunt performers, but the stunt team, at the yeah. very least. Can you imagine, like, a stunt, a stunt man turning up on, like, uh, Fast and Furious, and he's an Oscar winner. He's <laughs> waving his Oscar around, he's like... <laughs> Oscar winner over here, like, <laughs> hey, Vin Diesel, how you doing? <laughs> but you know what? You're probably right. It's probably an ego-driven thing, but... And but money, they what... would have to charge them to pay more money. They'd probably be like, ugh, don't do that. But I, I, I mean, I think it's unfair, quite frankly. I it, think it, maybe there should be what... another award. I don't know. I... But um, I, I, I see no reason why there isn't one. And like yeah. I said, at the very least, put it in with the other awards, with the, with the SciTech awards, yeah. that are the big money ones or whatever. But I think it's, I think it's really just just shit. Yeah. Or maybe they're worried they're gonna open up a Pandora's box because you know now the trainers are gonna want an Oscar. And I'm just like, well, I don't see that. You know, if you're training an actor or actress for a role, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's your job. That's why you're getting paid big bucks. You're not getting paid fifty dollars an hour to yep. work at the freaking YMCA gym. You're gonna, they're giving you a lot of money. Yep. You know, whether they are doing it or the studio is doing it or the production team is doing it, whoever's doing it. But stunt work to me is just, I mean, like I said, otherwise everyone's going to be stabbing each other in the eye and killing themselves. You could argue, you could argue that it's the director's job 
to come up with the idea of the stunts in their head and then they just hired the people to do it so it's almost in a way you could say it's almost like well I came up with the ideas and I just hired you to be the tools of yeah. my ideas yeah but you know what I could come up with the idea to go to fucking next another <laughs> galaxy but I didn't do it you know what I mean I did make that yeah. achievement happen yeah. So I don't think that, that argument necessarily holds water. No, no, I agree. I agree. They should. They should. They do deserve. I guess they do. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess they do deserve recognition. <laughs> I guess what I'm bitter about is, as an actor, it's so unstable. And I know that if you're a good stunt performer, you're going to work well for your whole life. So like, I'm already like, hey, here's your award, buddy. You've got steady work. <laughs> good for you. Not necessarily, <laughs> though. Well, in Hollywood, I mean, if you're, if you, if you. If you're a stunt performer on a big Hollywood movie, then you're set. I mean, you're going to keep working. I mean, maybe not if you're like Joe Schmo, jump, you know, stunt performer, but I feel like you've got to be set. I mean, there's a lot of broken bones involved, you know? You're not going to have steady if, work. if you're good. <laughs> well, but that's a, I guess that's the job of a stunt, the job of a stunt performer is to leave battered and bruised and to make sure the actor doesn't go home battered and bruised. Yeah. You know, because the stunt guy's job is basically to throw no, himself in front of it. The producers who have all the money, they're going to vote for the person who they've never had to pay for medical bills for. <laughs> that guy never gets injured. He's the best stunt <laughs> I, 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 You're right. <laughs> I, I, I definitely think it's so mission. I think at the very least in the science tech job, because yeah. there's a lot of engineering involved with it. You yeah. know, especially the big, like, when you have cars, forget it. You need engineers think, and physicists. I think on. when we get down to individuals, SciTech, go for it. But I think what you, I think we're right about is I think stunt team. work as a team. Yeah. On a film. Yeah. The stunt work for a film will go to, and the director would be part of it. I said the director will go up there on the stage as well and I, share I, in the award. I, I don't see why not. Because the I same mean, way they do with production design, production, production design sets, the, yeah. or whatever, or producer, and everyone comes up. Yeah. I would say, yeah, the stunt, the head of the stunt team, the director director and you know if anyone else depending on how many stuff performs the work turn up but like I think it's a group effort I don't think you start signaling out individuals no 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 I don't think so either but I think I think like set design you know the yeah. set design they give it to the first she wasn't the only one working on the fucking set because that you know shoot would have taken 30, 30 years because the other thing is as well like directors hire individual people directors hire an editor they hire a cinematographer they hire actors right individually right directors don't hire stunt performers not performers but they'll start hire a stunt captain who takes care of yeah. it all maybe they might not even I don't know sometimes it might just be the studio just provides it I don't even know how like would a director know a stunt team to provide? sure if, yeah. you, if you're action if you're doing action movies they know these stunt directors that probably good so. friends yeah I mean think of the think of I bet you Tom well I bet you Tom Cruise knows like and probably has the same captain in all of the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy, you know, the ones that find steady work are the ones that stay with whoever the it actor happens to be now. Yeah, so yeah. they have the guy who doubles for Chris Hemsworth as yeah. Thor and whatever. Now, he's got good work until Chris Hemsworth stops being a leading action man. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? It's like a, uh, uh, The Rock. Um his cousin does his stunt work. Yeah, yeah. And he's been his stunt guy for 17 years. But that's yeah. like the lead. It's almost like the actor. You know, it's like you're only going to get a job as long as the actor that you look like or shape like yeah. do it. 
Otherwise, you're the ninja in the background that gets his ass beat, like in every episode, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> so, I, I think I think it's a, I think it's a, 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 a omission, quite frankly. I think they need to have I a agree. category, yeah. like at the very at the very the least category. in the tech, the science and tech category. Yeah, because it is tech. If you say so. What? <laughs> you don't think so? No, it is. No, it is tech. I guess it is. Tech. It is tech. Uh, I yeah. think so. You're kind of giving me this snooty actor look Like no you don't think so I don't think the Tony Awards give awards to the best stage manager And that's a shame if you ask me Yeah I mean Emmys I mean there's a lot There's a lot of work involved Yeah I mean let's face it Getting the actors together on stage If they're even slightly unprofessional Is like herding cats Yeah That's true You know If they're even slightly flaky Yeah you know, and making sure that the, the prop managers got all this shit together and coordinating all of that. You know, uh, uh, lights, uh, cues, all of it. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that Tony's don't give an award for that. Yeah. Because, like I said, I suppose if, as part of the production team, you're entitled to say, like, I won an Oscar as part of this production team. I don't know. don't know how that works. No, maybe. Do I. I don't know what the paperwork is. Or <laughs> <laughs> what the union would say. Yeah. But, you know, I think that might... Actually, I don't know. Are stunt people unionized? I would think so. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are? Yeah. They're part of SAG? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so... I, yeah, I don't know why... I don't know why they're not there. Mm. Yeah, so I, I... I don't see no reason... I don't see a reason why they shouldn't have a stunt category for the Oscars. At, at the very least in the tech. Well, let's not fake fight about it. <laughs> okay. Good cop, bad cop? Or a good stuntman, bad stunt person? Well, I mean, that's what they do, fake fight. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know what, that was the joke. Oh, I, I missed that. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. Let me like, pour myself another beer so I can get these jokes a little better. <laughs> like the old, uh, you know, you know when you've upset a stuntman, when uh, he comes up to start a fight, and then you push him and he, he throws himself in front of a truck bounces off and then lads through like a plate of glass <laughs> and it bounces back up <laughs> uh, but I mean some of the so like I said from the get go the beginning was a good start yeah Regina King won which I was a big fan of then they had the, they had the makeup and hairstyle come up and just yeah. whatever the fuck that was that like thank you thing and they were like yeah, get off they and always look ridiculous they're always ridiculous those bunches it's like you know. Were they the ones who would just keep going on and on? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they eventually turned them off. They shut their mic off. Oh yeah. Eventually. Because she just kept going. There was like there was one who was acting like a buffer. She kept like passing the like note. To yeah, 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 yeah. They'd obviously thought like, well, if we win, we'll each take it in turns to say a name. <laughs> right. And she just kept passing the right. note between them. Oh, it was, yeah. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, Into the Spider Verse won for best uh, animated film, mm. which I've seen. It's won everything. Everything he was up for this year won. Like, it beat everyone. So, uh, I, it, honestly, it, it to me, it's one of the top five Marvel movies of all time. It was that good, and it was helmed by the guys who got sacked from Solo, which so, you know. But but you know what? See, because now it makes me curious, like what the cut before was for yeah. Solo, because we talked about too Solo. silly. Apparently, they said it was just too much fun. <laughs> it's too silly. It wasn't serious enough. 
But it's not like this solo was like uber serious. It was pretty silly in parts too. I mean, the whole thing with him, the interaction between him and Chewie yeah. and Chewie just throwing. But it was a very, I mean, but they wrote, the thing is they wrote the script and they directed it. And Ron Howe came on and he reshot like, you know, most of the film, but then he had a very short amount of time to do it. So yeah, he most, had like two weeks or something. Yeah, so most of the bare bones is what they were already working with. You know what? I'm, I'm going to chalk that up to another point, basically that it, Disney just absolutely. I mean, of course, they gave Lucas what 1.5 billion or something like that. Yeah, he wasn't going to say no to that, but he basically allowed them to just shit his legacy, yeah. which he already shit on with the prequels. Oh uh, yeah. Because so far, I, honestly, has there, well, with the exception of Rogue One, has there been a good Star Wars movie? Uh, no? no, in the I, Disney era. I mean, not, 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 not classic, not standalone. If it was on its own as a movie, you wouldn't. No. I no. mean, there have been standalone sci-fi films in recent years. There have been so many better standalone sci-fi films. I mean, Blade Runner. Blade Runner was phenomenal. The, yeah. the fact that that one just never got into any of the awards yeah. was beyond me. Because... Well, it's too—it's actually too highbrow for the masses. That's the problem. But I see, I, so we were talking about uh, somebody posted on Facebook. Uh, Blake from, from the elementary posted on Facebook something about the sci-fi movies. And basically, the conclusion was, listen, sci-fi itself, you could break down in so many categories, right? Yeah. Like, personally, at this point, the superhero genre, I don't really kind of consider it... I mean, it is sci-fi, but it's kind of a genre on its own. It is now, yeah. You know, um, then there's the sci-fi sci-fi, which tries to base everything on real science, but, like, maybe 20 years ahead, right? Yeah. So you're Space Odyssey 2001. Yeah. Uh, you're Interstellar. Things like that. Looper was a good one recently. Looper was which a was actually the guy who did the Star Wars, Rune Johnson. That was his thing. That was a fantastic. Got it off the back of Looper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Looper yeah. was a great. But so, so you know, there are so many different categories that you can do. You could do the action sci-fi. You could do the horror sci-fi, aka mm. Aliens. You know, um, so many of them that, like I said, I think Disney just shit the pooch on it, shit the bed really badly. Yeah. And I think part of I think part of the problem was that that um, whether it's Skywalker Labs or, or Lucasfilm or whoever, they just didn't have. Well, I mean, I, I think that's actually the, the, the main culprit. I shouldn't say that because they did. They didn't have as rich a library to pilfer ideas from as Marvel did. Right, because no. Marvel had Marvel had fifties. No, what am yeah. I saying? Sixty years of comics to like pick from, to, to, to establish their stories and work on them and all the various uh, incant, uh, incarnations of that. Star Wars had the original three, and then they had the expanded universe in the books and the comic books. And in those, there were some great stories, great storylines, everything. And Disney decided to scrap it. And then you could actually see if you read like the books, they picked from the expanded universe. Yeah. They just wanted to not acknowledge it. Yeah. And I think that was their big mistake. I think, yeah, they, they really got themselves in a corner with trying to recapture yeah. elements of the old films. Yes. Like, maybe they've learned a lesson now. I think they might have with going forward. They've given Ryan Johnson, who they believed in, and, you know, Looper is evidence of it. He right. wrote and directed that. Right. When he's left to his own devices and he's not got a producer over him saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. He's a great, he's very good at what he does. So right. They said, look, 
you know, and they don't give second chances very often to people. They said, Tim, look, we're leaving you, we're taking the last film away from you, we're giving it to JJ, whatever, but like, we're giving you a whole universe. So he's getting a trilogy of all original characters. They're like, it's in the same universe, right? but it's brand new. Which is. Maybe that's exactly what it needs. Which, which like, is fantastic. Let go of the Lucas characters. Yes. Let go of the Skywalker. Yes. Saga. Let, get, let go. Yeah. Completely new characters. Yes. New planets. New right. storylines. Yes. And then that, there's no reason why that can't work. Absolutely. That's it, why Indiana Jones, I think, is going to be great when they finally get around to it. Because like James Bond, you can have so many episodic adventures. Yes. That in theory, absolutely. if you just get great writers to come up with a great adventure, you can just sure. keep doing it. Sure. Absolutely. And you can, you can seamlessly change the actors in doing it mm. you know because I mean it, it's kind of like I mean they weren't so successful with the Spider-Man because the stories weren't as good but you could do you could just change out the actors you yeah. know Marvel Universe they could just keep going back to a new Captain America they yeah. could go back to a different Thor they could do the like in the comic books the comic books now Thor is a woman yeah. you know just change it it's like great like I have no problems with all of those things but Disney seemed to like said like no we're not going to use it and then like kind of like cheekily just, well, you were gonna. His son is gonna be Ben. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Ben was actually Luke's son in the books. You know, like, you go uber nerd and all that. It's like, what are you, what are you doing now? So it's. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So, Oscars. Weird presentations. McAvoy came out with. Um, what did he come step out with? And he was trying to make it like a, a funny bit. And I don't think it worked very well. Oh, he came out with. Um, oh. They were doing sound, the sound uh, Oscars. Deny Guerrera. Deny Guerrera. That's yeah. you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. And he tried to make it cheeky and whatever, and she was being like the stoic one, and it just didn't sell. No, it didn't work. Like, like they decided, like right before they walked on stage, they were going to do that gimmick. Yeah. I was like, I know there was a rehearsal. Yeah. You know. There's a great. There, it's, you, you saw it throughout the night. Some people are very good at it. Some people are not. Like some people can do the funny bit well. Yeah. But the Melissa McCarthy thing later on is a great example of showing you how a real comic actor, right, proper improv training, does it. Yes. Completely deadpan, not playing the jokes no. up. No. It's like because that's no, what's I'm funny. Just doing it. I'm not looking for yeah. the laughs. I'm not playing the laughs. Right. Because because yeah. because when I'm not looking for yeah. laughs, that's when it's funny. Yeah. Exactly. Well, she because it was almost like she was trying to do sign language with the little like stuffed puppet, and it was hilarious. Well, that was because that was a callback from a favorite. The the favorite living commonplace, the Queen Anne. Uh-huh. She has these bunny rabbits. She has like ten, twelve bunny rabbits. She calls her babies. She keeps playing with them. So that was it. She was big. Okay. Queen Anne right. with the bunny well, rabbit. Well, and and uh, and I forget the actor's name from Atlanta. He was great, just kind of trying to flick his hair and and, and oh yeah. <laughs> You know, and you're right. They were fantastic. I read that they thought that Aquafina and uh, what's his face were great. Um, John oh, Mulaney. Yes, John Mulaney. I thought they were okay. I thought yeah. their chemistry wasn't there. Chemistry wasn't there. I mean, John Mulaney is a pro. I mean, he should be excellent at that. It's what he does. Yeah. Very well. I think he was. He was. I think he was purposefully giving taking the backseat for her. Yes. So that she was a little more. Because she seemed, she seemed the more relaxed of the two, actually. Well, he's, he's kind of uptight. That's kind of his thing. I know. I understand. But yeah. he didn't seem in his full... Yeah. You know. It's like even when the guys play the uptight character, like when they do stand-up, yeah, yeah. there's a certain relax. You know, it's just they're wearing it like a glove. Did you ever see him and Nick Kroll's... Um, it's on Netflix. It was a Broadway show. That yeah, no, no, I never I saw it. Was it good? 
It's, I've only saw a bit of it because I was watching my wife and she didn't like it. Okay. I loved it though. It's, I think you'd like it as well. It's oh. just so silly. So like, it's just like, you know, too. It's such a specific thing, but it's like the aging theatrical, like. Um, it's but it's almost like us in like you know several years. Like, <laughs> it's like two me in two years, you in twenty. Two platonic men who are not. It, it, I think the way they describe it is they're like two men who aren't gay, but have been like hanging out with each other for entirely too long. For too long that the lines have blurred to the point where no one else would know that they're not a couple. <laughs> right. But it's like just you know alien men from like the Upper West Side who just wear scarves and go to the theatre and bitch about how terrible everything is. <laughs> like that's what it is. It's yeah, so that's, funny. that's basically our podcast. Yeah. And it's so good. I mean, they did Broadway for like a couple of months and he was basically just, and I think he was improv for the most part. Yeah, Going yeah, yeah. out there and they're just riffing. Yeah. You know, in character. But, well, like I said, they were okay. Then Serena Williams came on and I was like, mm. What the fuck is Serena Williams doing up there to present? You know, there's a rumor. There's a rumor. Is she producing something? No. This is a side thing. It's not, well, it's not a rumor. I think it's actually happening. She's in discussions currently, apparently, Uh with Stephanie McMahon to sign with the WWE. What? To follow in the footsteps of Ronda Rousey. WWE are going to go after, like, big athletic, like, legends. Right. And sign them. Well, good for her. If they're gonna give her big ass money. I don't can see why not. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Serena Williams like and then and, and then the crap at people? And then can you imagine the egg on the Oscars committee face that they had a wrestler present? Yeah, the Oscars. Hey, The Rock. <laughs> well, wow. Yeah, this is true. This is a good point. And what? I'd see Chris Hemsworth is starring in a uh, biopic of Hulk Hogan. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I saw. They're just like mining everything. But you know what? At the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, there are all these like crazy zany characters that have come out in the media age. Yeah. Why wouldn't you give their background stories? Because some of it is just fascinating, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. That's so funny. But, but I mean, Serena Williams was a weird choice. Yeah. When Tom Morello walked out, I was like, huh? I was kind of like, are they going to start a revolution right now on TV? Because Tom Morello is not known for like mild views no. politically. No. You know, and for people who think he's just like some, you know, rock yeah. star. He's got a poli-science, political science degree from Harvard, I oh, believe. He's got several files in the FBI. And well, I'm sure, it, 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 <laughs> because of protests and whatever, but he's a smart dude, is my yeah. point, you know. So if you're going to discuss politics with him, make sure you got your T's crossed and your I's dotted, because yeah. the dude knows his shit. But I was just kind of surprised that he kind of walked out on stage to do it. Vice works. It makes sense. You've seen it. it, it I've seen it, and it's a good... It's a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Could be better. There's certainly flaws with it. Right. But it is very interesting. Like the stuff they bring up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's interesting because the way they stream it narratively, a lot of the narrative is fictitious, semi-fictitious. The mm. point where they're like they're imagining how these facts came to place. What they've done is they've streamed together a bunch of real facts from testimony of people right. that people wouldn't necessarily know about Cheney and what happened behind the scenes. Right. But that in the real world were very boring and took over the place over a short, you know, long period of time. Sure, sure, boring sure. meetings. Sure, sure. And they put it into, you know, they, they dramatize like cool it. Ways. Yeah, a Hollywood way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the actual information there is, is solid and it's right. fascinating because sure. it is like, wow, really? Sure. You know, but... And what's face does a good job. He, he loves to just like sink himself into the characters. Oh, Christian Bale, yeah. He yeah, does Christian a very Bale. good job in it. I'm not always a huge fan of Christian Bale in recent things. I think uh-huh. sometimes he gets a little too much in his performance and it is a little too over much. Over the top. I, I think when you're a good looking guy and you're a great actor, I don't think you need to try that hard sometimes. It's like the Johnny Depp thing. 
Joey Depp got into that problem. Like, Joey Depp, you look great, you're a good actor, you don't need to push that much. But he, here's the thing, I think, but that was Johnny Depp's shtick from the get-go. Mm. I don't think Johnny Depp was ever interested in just playing a regular uh, good-looking guy. Yeah. There's one move. there's a couple of movies where he played like regular guys, yeah. quote-unquote. Well, more than a couple. There was the one that was called Nick of, in, Nick of Time. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah, you saw yeah. that one. I did, Christopher Walken, yeah. Right, where they kind of did it in real time, where his, like, they kidnapped yeah. his daughter and he was supposed to assassinate a governor or something like that. That, there was one with like some devil-worshipping stuff. Oh, the, the, the Ninth, ninth gate. gate. Yeah, that one. Blasky, yeah. And, um, of course, Donnie Brasco, which was kind of a mob film. But his whole... Secret th- windows. And all. Uh, like the, but the whole shtick with him was... When he came out, he was just so pretty. Yeah. And like the 21 Jump Street, and he just wanted no part of it. And he just, it was always just like some deep, immersive character that he did. And when when he was yeah. playing, uh, what's his face, Whitey Bulger, yeah. I remember the director saying, he said, I never met an actor who could turn it on and off the way Johnny Depp does. Yeah. You know, because you always have these actors like, uh, what's his face, um, I can't think of the name, the Joker. Um, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, thank you. Yeah. He famously said that because the Joker was such a psychotic, he had a tough time separating himself from the character afterwards and whatever. And you have all these actors that behave weirdly afterwards because they get too much in their heads. And the director was saying that was the thing about Johnny Depp. Like, his, he just, it's a switch. It's on and off. He, he, like, he compartmentalizes it. He turns the switch on. Now he's Captain Jack. Yeah. Now he's Whitey Bulger. Now he's Willy Wonka. You know, and it's, and it's always these... Well, if you believe his, the testimony of Amber Heard, his ex, like, you know, he does bring it home, but just in form of, you know, drinking too much and basically being a prick. <laughs> Which I saw the video, you know, she posted that video uh-huh. a while ago of, like... I mean, it's a little... It's entrapment, really. I mean, it's a video of them in the, the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He's obviously drunk. He's had so much to drink. And she's playing, you know, casual, like, oh, what's happening, Johnny? What's what's wrong? Like, you know, you've seen no build-up. You have no idea what's going on. Right, right, And right. he's be- generally being belligerent. And he starts, like, throwing things around the kitchen. And he starts shouting. And he, he looks crazy. But right. it is out of context. And she's just sure. filming him without him knowing. Right, right, So right, right, it's right, a little... Right, right, uh, right, right. right, but right. L- let's go back five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean... But I just mean more like in the realm of, like, say, Matthew McConaughey is a good example of that. And there are a lot of actors, similar actors. Matthew McConaughey is one of those. And um, and even, like, a, going back a little further, like Kurt Russell, something like that. But Matthew McConaughey, someone who, like, is a good-looking guy. Mm. We know it. But has made a, he's, he's sort of turned a corner. And now he just plays real people. Mm. And, and it's like, you use your good-lookingness is just like the charisma part like it gets people in the room right like you're interesting to look at because right. of your face without you doing anything right which means you can then just be a normal person without right. piling on a bunch of stuff right and it just means this normal person is really interesting right because of like you, you're lucky yeah. so I feel like he, he, he could do that like you don't need to compensate overcompensate well, I, like that uh, Brad Pitt is actually a good example of that because when he Another first came one, yeah. out in Cool World he was so pretty it was just it was just almost impossible to look at him. Like, he was that pretty. Yeah. Like, you know, I was. I remember when he came out, I was like, you know what? I'm not, but if I was, yeah. I would definitely like want to bang that dude, you know, if I was yeah. even slightly gay, because he's that good looking. And the first role he had after that was California, when he let his hair grow out and just grew a big, crappy beard and played a psycho. Yeah. And it was like, and then I think soon after that, it was either Thelma and Louise 
or was Thelma and Louise before Cool World? I don't remember. Yeah. And and it was um, Legend of the Falls or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was just like, you know, this dude can act. And after that, it was just like, okay, yeah, he's impossibly handsome, but he can act. And I always like, you always know when they get over it, when they start taking on roles that are just kind of just fun. Yeah. Like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. And he plays just like a fun character. And he'll do a cameo on, you know, a TV show or another movie, like the, the second Deadpool. You know, that. now that's much later in the career, but you're just like, okay, he's come to terms with who he is as an actor. Yeah. He doesn't have to prove anything to himself. And he, like you said, like a Kurt Russell, whatever, I'm just going to play like regular guys, which is fine because I've done it at this point. Yeah. But I have to say, Tom Morello, who I thought was, it, it, but, but like you said, he presented Vice, so it was okay. But when, when Serena Williams walked out, I was like, what the fuck is Serena Williams doing up here? What is she presenting? It was it was bizarre to me that was, a tennis star was there. Well, and then it was also weird when Laura Dern came out to advertise a new museum opening up. That was a little bit weird. I, I would think Laura, deser- Laura Dern deserves a little bit better than that. Yeah. I would think. And also, it, the, the, like, whoever wrote what she said, it was so, it made no sense. She was like... Growing up in Hollywood, like there, anyway, was there was nothing, to... there was no culture in which to enrich yourself if you love film. What? <laughs> what? What are you talking Your about? Your dad's a fucking actor. Go on the set. <laughs> the Hollywood sign that every street corner has been in a yeah, film. Right. The Hollywood Walk of Fame. No, right. Nobody, nobody edited that text. No. No one what are you edited that about? text. No. No. Movie lots like Universal Studios. No. It would be like Paris, a uh, 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 Hilton. Talking about all the missed opportunities because there wasn't enough money. Yeah. It, that, it that's what that weird. was like. It was. I was like, huh, this is strange. So basically, what they're doing is the Oscars are building a Planet Hollywood without the food. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty <Great>. much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, then let's see. Let, um, oh, I like the short animated film that won because that was uh, shown. Is that for The Incredibles? I think before the Incredibles. I didn't see the Incredibles, but I guessed based on yes, Pixar. that was fantastic. Although I have to say, I was stunned that the Mister Rogers documentary wasn't nominated. I heard about that. I heard people talking about it. I never saw the documentary, but I didn't see it either. But the fact that it wasn't nominated, I don't know if the fact that it was like an HBO thing is an issue. I don't know. Like, well, anyway, it, I thought that was garbage. Said, well, and also on the side of that, there are three identical strangers documentary I saw last year it was an incredible documentary yeah 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 incredible that wasn't anywhere near it either that's true don't understand why I saw that in the movie theatre I didn't even have to like try and find it yeah it got like a general release same right, as Mr. Right, Rogers right. yeah that one was that, like I said some of the presentations were odd yeah the various musical numbers were good I thought actually surprisingly enough uh, what's her face um, Jennifer um, Jennifer Hudson Hudson yeah I felt bad because her singing was just not good the song is terrible I'm like, I did not like the song. I'm like, is there a, is there like a chorus? I'm like, okay, it's not happy. She was is. off key in a couple of she spots. She was very pitchy, yeah. It was, yeah. You could hear, she couldn't hear herself very well. No. She was, and I felt bad for her. It was very her. minimal, the backing. Yeah. Which meant that she was really guessing a lot yes. of the, where the key was. Yes. And she was pitchy because of it. I, um, I, I everyone felt, was. Everyone was. Even, even Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, which was a, a Brilliant. Fantastic. They were both pitchy. They, they both were both a little bit pitchy. Like, eh. They were. Especially Gaga. Yeah. Because she started going so loud, like you said, the backing wasn't in the monitors or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I thought they were brilliant. I felt bad for Jennifer Hudson. Um, Apparently she's a 
a bit of a diva though. So. Is she? Well, I was gonna say she looks. You know who looks like a terrible diva in, 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 in this no, award season? She's not a diva. I mixed her up. She was in the Color Purple on Broadway uh-huh. with an actress playing the lead, and she was apparently a diva. Jennifer Hudson wasn't a diva. She's just bad. Oh. That was it. People had seen it and said she wasn't very good. Oh. Unfortunately, she's she's got a great instrument. Yeah. She's one American Idol, whatever. Sure. You know, she's got the Oscar showgirls, uh, what it Dreamgirls. But she apparently like live singing. Fortunately, she's just not. Really? She's just like she's very sketchy. Really? Yeah. Apparently, she's just she's just not. I mean, she's not trained. I don't think. You know, I think uh, she's just one of those people. Like, I think she's. I was gonna say it was painful a little bit to listen to. Yeah. She's, I was like, oh. I was like, thankfully Annie wasn't. Actor, so. Thankfully Annie wasn't in the room. Yeah. And you know, with Annie, with all of her, my wife Annie, with all of her opera background, she just pounces. <laughs> The minute you slip, if you go even slightly sharp or flat, she's just yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, Jesus, lady, relax. Yeah, so that was that was bad. Um, actress in a leading role, I, I didn't see the favorite, but I loved her speech, Olivia Coleman. She's, I mean, what a, what a turnaround. She's, her career is, she started off, like, being in um, the British sitcom uh, sketch shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy you know our stuff like she is it would be like I can't even think of an equivalent of what in America what you would have like oh what's her face who played Melissa McCarthy's sister on her sitcom Mike and Molly yeah a little bit like that her winning an Oscar sort of like that yeah yeah um but yeah so she was you know small time jokey silly little things and no one took it very seriously and Big turnaround for her. Like, well, you know, good for her. She's a normal person. I remember seeing her quite often in London. When I lived in London, I used to see Olivia Coleman quite often mm-hmm. get in the tube and when she was on TV. I mean, she wasn't a huge star. Right, right. And she just slipped in the background. You wouldn't recognize sure. her. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. But she. Good for her. Yeah, like, I mean, she, you can go back and she made a terrible movie several years ago called Confetti. It's uh-huh. really awful. It's a comedy. Uh-huh. And it is about. It's a mockumentary. It was off the back of the office. Uh-huh. They made a movie. It was a mockumentary about different couples and how they were planning their weddings. Uh-huh. It was different couples who had different wedding ideas. And she was part of a couple who were nudists. <laughs> and the whole movie, she was stark naked. The whole movie, she's stark naked. Like, that, that alone should get a freaking reward. Yeah. So if she, one day when she decided to do that, turned up the first day and said, like, we're going to be naked the whole time. If someone said to her, that, one day you're going to win an Oscar, she would have been nowhere near that thing. You know? Oh, my God. Um, Rami Malek, to me, is, is looking like a devo these days. The way he reacts, I'm just like, all right, guy, you're getting a little yeah, bit. Ahead I'm really of... not a fan of Raymond Malik at all. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I love Queen, uh-huh. and he was very underwhelming for me. I mean, the whole film. Pay out there. Bohemian Rhapsody film is terrible. It's a terrible film. Like it really is. I mean, it's not even like terrible for Queen or terrible for movies. It's a terrible movie. It's a B TV like DVD release movie. Okay. It's really not good. I mean, there's a lot of money in it. Right. But the actual quality, like as far as the acting, the script, yeah. directing. It's garbage. It's okay. really garbage. But my wife said the same, and she doesn't usually, she's not as cynical as me. Right. You know, if you take out the Queen songs, you take out all the things that are just a given, it is it's garbage. atrocious. Right, right, like, right. It's close to Spinal Tap. Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> it's, they just hit all the marks. Right. And there's so much making up as they go along. Because obviously, Freddie was the most interesting person in the band. Because the thing about Queen, what makes them really interesting is they're, they're normal guys. They're kind right. of boring people. Right. Apart right. from Freddie. Right. But the irony was, 
is he was an incredibly enigmatic, interesting person, but he was incredibly private. Yeah, we didn't sure. know much about him. Yeah. And most people knew him as being a very normal, boring guy because right. he kept his private life very private. The rumours are that his private life was crazy, yeah. but they're mostly rumours because, unfortunately, most people that were there are not around anymore. Right. Like, so they guess in all this stuff. What you have in Rami Malik is someone who has an uncanny ability to mimic mm. someone. He's mm. done a very good job at that. Right. But I can find you Elvis impersonators all over town. Exactly. And they ain't getting Oscars. Right. Like he did a very good job of impersonating. He doesn't sing a note in the whole song. Right. No, it looks it. He doesn't. It looks it. It's it's, it's split between live recordings and B side demos he, of Freddie Mercury. They show the shot of him uh, I guess writing Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. And you can tell so unnatural and, and, you can right. tell when someone's not singing right exactly they're, they're like you don't see the veins in their throat right like you can tell you but can... but even then because like yeah it's, that's what I don't understand it was like if I were the director on the set I'd yeah. be like I want you to sing this yeah, yeah, yeah as loudly and as inspiringly as you can I don't care if cats start humping in front of you yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're that bad I want you to sing this so that when we dub it over, it looks like you're fucking singing it. I know the car, I know the singing I know a singing teacher. I know the, the woman who was the singing coach on the show, the vocal coach for the film. Uh-huh. Um, she's a favourite friend of mine. She's constantly posting all about the film. It's right. getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm right. not a huge fan of her personally. Okay. Like I admire she she's you know, she's not the she's not no within people who know her, you're, she's not known incredibly professionally. But she was the vocal coach Raven Malik on Premium Rhapsody. Okay. I don't know what she was doing because he was not singing and if he was singing he was singing half of words or he was not singing he was right. not giving it his all like you said right 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 um, it's very obvious and uh, but one thing is the mimicking <coughs> the other side of it is everything where there's no public record where he can't just copy from right. a thing right that's where it just disappears right I mean any actor would tell he's dead on his in the water like, right he doesn't know how to act right Freddie in the unfilmed bits right he's trying to take this character he's seen on stage and melt him which into is the private life very different which is very different very different so he's making a pot shot of this is what I think he would have been like which, and he's dead wrong he's which like is that. which is I'm wondering if that's what they're trying to do with the Elton John biopic with uh, what's his face Edgar Looks slightly different, and the, the difference, the huge difference, is that Elton John is involved. still alive. Yeah, he's involved, so he can tell him. Yeah, and Elton is very not private. I, I have everyone to say, knows Elton, everyone but I have Elton to say, knows. it looks good. It does look good, and it, it looks good for all the reasons this wasn't good. Right. Yeah. And, but originally, this film it was Tom Hooper who won the Oscar for King's Speech, and Les Mis was doing it. He was mm-hmm. directing it, and um, Sasha Baron Cohen was playing Freddie Mercury. Right. And they both backed out because Queen. Because they wanted a different script, because they said the script was too sanitized, it was too PG, right. it wasn't realistic enough, right. it didn't feel like real life, it didn't feel true to Freddie Mercury's legacy, right. and they said they're not interested, that's the script, that's the script, they want it to be a PG, family, fun, friendly, like, inspiring, like, film, that's what they wanted. And they both left, and they were like, fine, we're not interested then, because okay. that's not truth. That's right, just right, right, right. Although, I did, uh, such a very fun, I think, would be better. Hey, it would have been incredibly bad because well, he's a comedian. I was gonna say, and he's like, but you know, out you know? right now we're talking shit because he won the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rami Malek took the so we're just freaking drinking a glass of sour yeah. grapes right Eve. now. <laughs> right, exactly. But I, I, I say it right. I guarantee you, Rami Malek ain't winning another Oscar ever. He's not even putting in an Oscar nominated performance. Well, yeah. 
like I said, I, I, I from the One interviews I've seen in the various like award shows, he looks like he's like carrying God's nutsack in his pocket. I mean, he's literally this like... This is a one and done. This is yeah. like Gary Busey-like Buddy Holly nice. thing. This is that. So, he won for actor. Virginia King actress. Mahershala Ali won again for supporting actor, which, again, didn't see it, but from what I've seen, the, the various snippets, I'm not surprised at all. I've Honestly, yeah. Mahershala Ali, everything... There's nothing that I've seen him in that he hasn't been excellent in. He's great. And apparently he's only the second ever African American to man. I don't know if it's probably not a woman, but I know certainly it's the first, second ever African American man after Denzel to win two Oscars. He, like I said, anything he does, I want to watch. I want to see the new uh, True Detective with him in it. Because, like I said, yeah. anything he does, he's excellent. He's another one. He's just fascinating to look at. Yeah, I mean, he's a natural charisma. He doesn't have to do too much. No, no. Interesting to I watch. mean, like uh, 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 Luke Cage, the show was fantastic yeah. while he was on. The yeah. minute his character got killed off, the show literally went right into yeah. the shitter. Yeah. Literally. Instantly. He, so, I, he was great. I like him. I didn't like his hat, though. He was dressed weird, but whatever. But that's him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's, he's a very devout Muslim. So, he doesn't drink. Yeah. And, you know, all these Hollywood parties afterwards, there's booze everywhere. Well, his hat looks silly. Well, it's just a fashion that. statement. I, I, I'm <laughs> alright with it. All right. Roma won a lot, and I was glad to see that, because I've heard nothing but fantastic things about Roma. Um, who else? What, who, who are we missing? Olivia Coleman won. Again, that was a great. I mean, Melissa McCarthy. I'm. I wish I. I want to see that movie. Oh, that's who I think. I think might have gotten robbed for lead actor. Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, I've heard good things. I didn't see that. Willem Dafoe because he. Just again speaking, talk about a character actor who's been around forever, and everything he does, he's fantastic in. Like, uh, 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 I'm going back to stupid comic book movies all the time, but in the first Spider-Man, yeah. he took something that could have been so campy and brought so much just realism to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. like grounded oh, the role. Oh, he's one of the best uh, combo villains. Ever. His Green Goblin is in my top five. I did it recently. Someone posted, what's your top five comic book villain performances? And he was in my top five. Easily. Yeah. Easily. I mean, Tom Holland did great in the first one, I thought. Um, I want to put Josh Brolin in that, but they made him too sympathetic. He wasn't enough of a bad guy, in my opinion, yeah, in yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think which other ones. Oh, why, why am I even thinking? Os uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, Oscar Molina. Alfred Molina. Alfred yeah, Molina, yeah. sorry. Alfred Molina. Doc Ock. Yeah. Doc Ock. Probably my favorite of the villains. I, I like well obviously Heath Ledger Joker. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> the only one to win an Oscar. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that was great. But then for me, I think David Tennant in Jessica Jones, Kilgrave. Mm. I love that. Absolutely. And you know what? I give kudos to Vincent D'Onofrio because he's been now in, in how many series? He's a fantastic kingpin. Yeah. He yeah, really he's is. Yeah. He really is. Oh, we could just do a whole show just yeah. on that. <laughs> Maybe that's what we do for the uh, final four this year. The best comic book villains. Oh, okay. In all the movies. I think I said maybe just characters. I don't know. What do you mean? Well, we might not. If we do villains, we might get. Might, there might not be that many. I don't know. For the movies? We had 64 movies. Do you think there'd be 64 villains? I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. Um, and and uh, oh, so uh, supporting actor. 
Who is the supporting actor? Yes. Sam Rockwell. Again, brilliant in everything I've seen. I'm looking forward to the Fosse thing that oh, he's yeah, doing. Yeah, kid. The miniseries. Speaking of miniseries, have you seen I Am The Night with Chris Pine? No. Very good. Oh, yeah? Very good. It started off slow. Yeah. And, like, the last 15 minutes of the first episode picked up, and I'm just hooked on it. He's... He's, he's really, Chris Pine has really made me appreciate him. He's a very good actor. Yeah. I mean, he's a good looking guy and all that, but he's just an excellent actor, I think. He really plays the role really well. Oh, Richard Grant. Richard E. Grant. In apparently he's amazing in that film. I've not seen it, but apparently that's the reason to watch that film is for him. He's one of those, like, um, what's his name, who was playing on, on Broadway for a while in, in, in La Concha Falls. Uh, what's his name? Oh. He played Nightcrawler in the second X-Men. Oh, um. You know what Scottish. I'm talking about. Scottish actor, yes. Yeah, Cummings, yeah. Alan Cummings. Alan Cumming, yeah. That's who he reminds me of. Yeah. Like Alan Cummings, this guy who just has smaller roles in these movies, but every time he comes in, he kills it. Because if I remember correctly, didn't Alan Cummings like play their road manager in the stupid Spice Girls movie or some shit like that? Richard e. Grant did, yeah. Right. No. Or was it Richard was Grant? Richard Grant. Was it? Yeah, you I just thought got it was the mixed up. I, I keep getting the, yeah, the two no, of them Richie mixed Grant up. Did. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because yeah. like, whenever I see them, they're always just fantastic. Richard E. Grant was in this terrible, terrible <laughs> horror movie that I went to the movies to see called Warlock. Okay. <laughs> and it was with oh, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's he's done millions of like these like roles. But yeah, yeah, he played a witch hunter. And he was going after the warlock. It, this was this movie came out in the late eighties, early nineties, something like yeah. that. Warlock. Look it up. Terrible movie. But yeah, he's one of those actors like Alan Cummings that I think like every time I see him do like a role, they're just even if it's a small bit role, it's a little bit. Have you ever seen With Nail and I? That's the classic. That's his tour de force. Which one? With Nail and I. No. Oh, we have to watch that together. You love it. Well, it's a, uh, I love Grant in, in amazing. Uh, 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 what's it? Uh, what's it? The, the the posh one, the little silly TV show on BBC. Posh Nosh. Posh Nosh. Oh, okay. They ha Did you ever see that? No, I never saw it, no. Very funny. Yeah. Very funny. And he's the husband. They're very rich, and they have, like, their own quote-unquote cooking show. Yeah, yeah. But the husband's always stooping the tennis instructor. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, there were so many good actors in that category. Him, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, a friend of mine I was speaking to, really thought, he's a bit of an Oscars buff, and he really thought that Oscars would to give... Sam Elliott the Oscar as one of the Oscar like favors that they do you know when they give yeah, of course Oscar like what well, uh, like, like yes. when Scorsese won for like The Party or whatever like uh, what's his face won for Best Director last year uh, Del Toro yes yeah just yeah, like yeah. that like a favor like a pat on the back like like because hey, Sam Elliott he's been working in Hollywood for 50 years everyone loves him he's never bad yes Exactly. And is he going to get a chance again? Yes, exactly. Give it to him, be like exactly well done, because you know? they do it with Laurie. We were talking about her earlier uh, uh, from Roseanne. They gave her for Lady Bird because Metcalf, yeah, yeah, Laurie Metcalf, right? It's it's you've done so much good work, and when you've done like extraordinary work, bad luck that year. There was a movie that was even better, yeah, yeah. and you kind of got hosed by it. Yeah. So let's give it to you now, and they do it all the time. You're absolutely yeah. right, and you're right. I would have thought I would have thought he would have gotten it this year for that. Yeah. 
But I mean, that was a. I mean, Sam Rockwell, Richard E. Grant, Sam Elliott, Adam Driver, who. I mean, relatively speaking, is a newbie on oh, yeah. the scene. But he's great. He's fantastic he's in the, everything. He's the other end of what I'm saying about good-looking people just having the charisma and you just want to watch them. He is not convincingly good-looking. No, he's at all. He's an odd-looking man. Yes. But he is fascinating he's, on screen. Absolutely. He's huge. He's yeah, so he's a, massive. He's, he's a, so a huge guy. so broad. He's yeah. tall and he is just commanding. Yes. He is fascinating to watch. Yes. I mean, and the fact that he was... When in... he's going to look, I mean, he's middle-aged. Like, he's going to be so... Yeah. You know, when he, by the time he's 50, he's going to be getting our skills left, right, and center, you'd imagine. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, in terms of who was going up, I liked everybody in the category. I really thought everybody was strong. Yeah. The movie, I know that I knew the minute they announced it, I was like, there's going to be a lot of backlash over this movie. Because a lot of people are just like, you know, Greenbrook, really, you know, even though it's a fun movie, but it was kind of like, yeah. all right, the white savior comment. I don't know if you saw the skit yeah. from well, Seth Meyers. It, it was like, it was like Driving Miss Daisy part two. Part two, right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's written by a white guy. It's directed by a white guy. Yeah. It's starring a white guy. Like, it's, it's. Yeah. 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 But they're trying to make it black film. Yeah. Yeah. In a, mo- in, a in a year where there's so many black products out there. Yeah. Ex- uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's wrap up what we got here. So, our beer. Let's do our beer first. Uh, we picked it because the menu said um, La Chaume, La Chouffe, sorry. And in the menu, it was written in capitals, L.A. So we said, oh, L.A., let's pick that for the yeah, Oscars. Yeah, we're looking for something Oscars-themed, and it was a typo. And it, was, it was a typo, and it's just La Chouffe. But it was we like L.A. chauffeur. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So we picked that. That is a gold, uh, a blonde ale. 8%, 20, 20 IBU. Brewery is Brasserie de Chouffe. What do you think, my friend? Very tasty. I it's like fantastic, it's isn't really it? It's really nice. Really enjoyable. I it. wouldn't think it was at 8%. No. And I'm three deep now. I want to go and visit now I know the, it's 8%. I want to go visit the brewery now. I feel like it's probably a bit of a drive, but... <laughs> you, <laughs> might, you might be on the road for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you catch a ferry. I'll bring my swimming trunks. <laughs> exactly. So what do you give it? Um, I give it a uh, 4.3. Okay. That's... I liked it. Yes. I, I'll i give it a 4.4 simply because, one, it's super easy to drink. Yeah. It's really got just a fantastic flavor. And it's light. Like I said, you, ha- you have no idea you're drinking an 8%er right here. And of course, I'm three in, so I'm being generous with my grade, so I'll give it a 4.4. Yeah. <laughs> and to wrap up our Oscar special with no host, what do you think overall? Do you think it worked? I think it worked. I think that it does a very interesting trick, the Oscars, where as I'm watching it, I feel like it's doing a good job of moving quickly. And then when it ends, I feel like it ended too quickly. And I'm like, what? what I need more. What, what happened? You ended so quick. Yes. So it's weird because I get it. There's so much to get through, and they don't want to be there all night. And for right. people that are in the theatre, it's a long night. Right. But for, for me at home, sometimes I feel like they wrap it up too quick. And one of the reasons I think this year is because they didn't have a host. They didn't have a nice little bow to wrap up with. Right. Usually there'd be a nice little ending, little thing or something. And well, I mean, they gave the three major awards in the last ten minutes. Yeah. Like they gave best director, best actor, and best uh, 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 movie. Yeah. In the last ten minutes, literally. So I think, I thought the beginning was fantastic. I thought they really got it kicked off with a bang. And when I thought about it, there's no reason for them to have a quote-unquote host yeah. because 
even when there's a host, the host comes on and does a couple of shticks. But otherwise, the host is up on stage like six times, no, they, and they always have presenters come on. They did the songs this year, and that went well. And yes. Just off the back of the, the shallow song from Star is Born, that was, that's a good enough song to make, you know, that was entertaining enough. Right. I said they're queen. Yes. Know, that music was the thing this year. That that, uh, totally, totally. So I think it worked. If they did it again, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. But like you said, like it got boring a little bit because... And, and frankly, it's not boring to the people who are interested in it. Yeah. If we were set designers, if we were makeup artists, if we were customers, we wouldn't be bored about that middle part. We're not. You know, me personally, I love the cinematography award. I love the editing award. You know, that kind of stuff because that's what I'm into. But I think it worked. Yeah. And I think if they went on further on with no host, because then this way they can just vet somebody's like, and just, you know, uh, 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 whitewash who they need to get. It's like, make sure they got nothing scandalous and let's put them on stage. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And I, I think it worked. Yeah, I agree. It worked. I, I think, in terms of entertainment, I don't, I don't know, I'd give it a solid B. I'd give it a B as well. It's yeah. a B show. Yeah, yeah. it's a B show. All right, folks. Well, that's our take on the Oscars. Hope you liked it. If you didn't, well, we had too much beer to care. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya.